This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, September 27th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Generation X in line for retirement next, but many are unprepared financially. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the latest report on durable goods is out, while concern about a federal government shutdown is intensifying by the day. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park Business line reminding you to bring your business home is diane swank chief economist kpmg in chicago diane thank you for joining us today and before we talk about the impact of a government shutdown let's run down some of the numbers from today beginning with durable goods which beat expectations it's kind of uh, uh not in line with the pattern for the week with a lot of uh, numbers that were below expectations or enough to cause anxiety Exactly. And I think, you know, what's really interesting in the durable goods numbers is the core durable goods numbers. This is after you strip out defense and things like aircraft orders, which take a long time to fill. Those core orders were the strongest we've seen and shipments since January. And that really suggests that there is still some optimism in the business sector. And it's being buoyed by everything from subsidies for chip plants to the infrastructure spending that we're seeing going on out there. A bit of a headache for those of us who try to commute, but nonetheless, it is helping to buoy the economy. And the economy looks like it actually accelerated in the third quarter at a 4% pace, despite all the disruptions that we're now seeing in front of us as headwinds as we go into the fourth quarter, everything from strikes on one hand that will start to seep into the September data once we get it on durable goods for motor vehicles but also the threat of an actual shutdown starting as soon as Sunday. Talking to Diane Swank, Chief Economist, KPMG in Chicago. Let's talk about that potential government shutdown. Of course, uh, talks continue, but uh, it looks like uh, increasingly likely that there could be a, a government shutdown by Sunday. If the federal government does shut down, I mean, this is not our first uh, trip to that particular rodeo, but just as a reminder, uh, what works and what does not work in a government shutdown scenario. Well, this is a much larger shutdown than we saw a few years ago, and I think that's important. That was only a 25% shutdown. We've not had a full government shutdown since 2013. And so you see a whole spectrum of things, even economic data being shut down and not able to be reported on as the Federal Reserve is weighing whether or not it's going to do one more rate hike in November. Obviously, that would be difficult to do, not knowing what the data is, but also idling a lot of 
of government workers, and those furloughed workers, um, really a lot of federal government workers and any federal, not the post office, but other federal government workers, that's really important because those furloughed workers, many of them aren't eligible to apply for unemployment insurance, and those who are, they're paid once a month, and if they get paid in retroactively, once the government reopens, they have to pay back all of their unemployment insurance. And so they often don't um, apply for it, which is why you're seeing some government agencies get ready for food banks and trying to help out those workers who are really living paycheck to paycheck. We also saw the blow to the travel industry last time, and that was when the TSA agents weren't paid but forced to work. We saw what were called sick outs, where people didn't show up at work, but they weren't being paid to do and that's very important, too, because it means a backlog at with already a hectic travel to go you know, anywhere in the airport. So I think it's very important that we try to avoid this. And what's also important is it could really, these disruptions, if anything, the last three years have taught us is that it's much easier to shut down than ramp up an economy again. And that's what I worry about the most. And we've also never seen this kind of government dysfunction against the backdrop of a really rapid tightening of interest rates by the Federal Reserve and a bond market that is now much more skittish than it once was and not quite as acquiescent about this. And we've seen bond yields go up as well. Mortgage applications this week are down almost 30% for new um, for, from a year ago in terms of actual purchases for new homes. That's very important because that's a sector that has been in a recession overall, even though such shortages of housing still mean housing prices are going up. Diane Swank, Chief Economist, KPMG in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, strategies for catching up on retirement saving. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Members of Generation X now in their 40s and 50s are moving closer to retirement age and surveys indicate more than half don't feel they're in a strong enough financial position to do so. Let's get some insight from Elizabeth Buffardi, founder of Crescendo Financial Planners and co-chair of the personal the personal financial planning forum for the Illinois CPA Society based in Oakbrook. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us on the show once again. Now, these surveys of people who are in their late 40s and early 50s, uh, that ge- so-called Generation X, when they say they're not in a strong enough financial position for retirement right now, is this objectively speaking or is this their own sense of worry? Uh, coming out and maybe there's a financial planner out there who can talk him down and get him on the right track. <laughs> Very good. Yes, I think it's a little bit of both. I think for some people, yes, it is truly, you know, they are behind the eight ball, so to speak. And the and for other people, it's just worry because there's a lot of negative news out there that's, you know, always saying, you know, the doom and gloom and that sort of thing. So I think it just depends on each person's individual situation. But the good news is there are some things that you can do right now to, if not uh, fully rectify the situation, at the very least address it. Exactly. So I always say that the, the key to the financial success in your life is whether you, is what you spend and what you save. So taking a look at your spending and, look at, and, and more specifically look at what you're saving is very important. So there's a couple different ways to do that. You know, one is fully funding your 401k. So as an individual, you can put in 
up to $22,500 uh, for 2023. And if you're over 50 or 50 or over, you can put in up to $30,000. So that's quite a bit of money that you could be saving. Now, Generation X, is this the the first generation of workers uh, in which they the, the 401k was the dominant form of retirement savings? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm pretty certain that it is. Um, I think there might have been a generation before X that maybe still had access to pensions, but for the most part, it, it's it's really just the 401k and maybe even the IRA as well. And then uh, there are some other people who maybe uh, you know they they know they're behind the eight ball. They you know you have to haven't really quantified fully uh, the impact of people drawing on their emergency savings or possibly their retirement funds uh, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years ago during the uh, financial crisis. But they they've just kind of resigned themselves to the fact that you know one day we're just going to live off our home equity. We'll just get a line of credit or sell the house, and that's our retirement nest egg idea and there's several different ways to do that whether it's a home equity loan getting a second mortgage or doing a reverse mortgage but i think that you know trying to prepare as fully as you can is always the best way to go and then lastly uh, even if you're kind of behind when it comes to contributing to those uh, tax deferred or tax delayed accounts the roth iras the 401k's if you start doing it now let's say you're 46 47 years old and you start really fully funding that 401k plan what kind of returns are you going to get based on the average rate of return if you do retire at 65 or 67 so the return on a 50-50 portfolio, 50 stocks and 50 bonds, and I use those terms loosely because nowadays everybody uses mutual funds for for those things, is roughly 7.5%. So I wouldn't necessarily assume that you're going to get the 7.5%. I always use a much lower rate of return with the idea that things will look much rosier than what I'm predicting. But, you know, I would venture, I guess, maybe 5 but again, I wouldn't use that as the rule of thumb. I would contribute as much as you can. And the, the general rule of thumb is to contribute 10%. But once you get over about one hundred dollars to $150,000 of income, then you have to contribute much more than just the 10%. Elizabeth Buffardi, founder of Crescendo Financial Planners and co-chair of the Personal Financial Planning Forum for the Illinois CPA Society in Oak Brook. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, the latest on landmark financial legislation involving the marijuana industry. It's the only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. No matter the time, a new bill is aimed at establishing a safe harbor for banks serving legal marijuana businesses is now moving through the U.S. Senate. Let's discuss the implications with Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thank you for joining us today. Now, this is legislation that would give banks a little more protection if they deal with marijuana businesses, and this is before any type of uh, federal legislation or executive action to uh, to, to, to reschedule or deschedule marijuana. That's correct, Robin, and good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. So this is the, called the Safer Banking Legislation, and it was passed uh, at the Senate Banking Committee level um, 
in a bipartisan vote, which that's I think key here. But and so it's heading to the to the Senate floor, which it could get marked up, could get some amendments. We don't know what the final legislation will be, and then it also would have to pass the House. It's likely to pass the Senate. It could pass the House. So you're seeing muted response from uh, cannabis stocks here because it doesn't do that much, Rob. Um, this is it will help. Banks work with cannabis companies, so there'll be less cash-based. There won't be carrying uh, safes full of tens of thousands of dollars of cash in their stores. The stores themselves will be safer, um, less likely to be targets of crime, uh, things like that. So that that is important, but it does not answer the greater questions of when are they going to allow for uplistings to U.S. stock exchanges, and most importantly, when are they going to reschedule marijuana from schedule one which is ridiculous um, schedule one includes heroin uh, to a, like a schedule three or even deschedule it so that they can get better tax treatment because right now these companies are choking on taxes because they're not able to deduct their operating expenses for the most part so they can't make any money really and and so that's the real issue and that's why you see this legislation it, it matters it's it helping these stocks they're up small but you're not going to get a big move in cannabis stocks until some of the more important legislation starts happening. And then if you do have that descheduling of uh, of marijuana, how does that change the sector in terms of the amount of, of, of capital that can flow into the industry? Is, is it truly transformative or does it supercharge what uh, we have in place right now? Yeah, it's it's transformative because, like I said, it affects the, the, the amount of taxation these companies pay, so it affects their, their cash flow. It's very hard to be even cash flow positive at running a company, and you can run it as tight as you want, and you barely be cash flow positive because there's just so much taxation. But if they change this, and it would eliminate the, the dreaded 280E tax burden I've talked about before on the show, which basically... St- uh, does not allow companies to deduct most of their expenses. So literally, they 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 are paying tax on on uh, at a much higher rate than any other company in any other sector. So they'll be treated much more like a normal company, and then they'll be able to make some money for their investors. Um, and then you'll see these stocks flying if that actually happens. Now we have to wait and see if it does. If it does, these stocks are going to double or triple easily um, if, if it gets rescheduled. That's the big deal, and we'll have to wait for another quarter or two to find out. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital in Chicago, thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, teaching teenagers to become investors. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station. News Radio 105.9.
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Mike Krauser. This is the most critical mass we've had. More migrants arrive in the city. A U.S. soldier is back in American hands after being expelled from North Korea. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, helping children learn the basics of investing by starting early. And a new offering from Chicago-based Kraft Heinz is tied to the Swifty NFL phenomenon. WBBM Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 276 points. The Nasdaq is down 73. The S&P 500 is down 29. We have 70 degrees right now in Chicago under partly sunny skies at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, the latest influx of migrants to Chicago totals seven busloads and more are expected this week. The details from WBBM's Mike Krauser. A volunteer who works with migrants packing the lobbies of police stations and sleeping in tents says she doesn't see any way of getting through this without some sort of release of the pressure valve. Annie Gomberg says it's an untenable situation. She spoke with CBS2. I never would have imagined when I started doing this work in April that I would still be doing it in September and that we would still be scrambling for space and resources. How are we going to get a thousand blankets in the next couple of days for all these new arrivals? That's the level of volume that we're talking about. About 60 buses carrying migrants have arrived in the city this month, nearly 300 over the past year, more than 15,000 people and counting. Mike Krauser, 105.9 WBBM. American soldier and Racine, Wisconsin native Travis King has been moved out of North Korea and is now in the custody of the U.S. military. Sweden was the chief interlocutor with North Korea on the transfer, while China helped facilitate the transfer, according to three senior Biden administration officials who briefed reporters on the condition of anonymity to discuss the transfer. One official underscored that the US was grateful for China's assistance, but that Beijing did not play a further mediating role in the events. The advisers said that the US had first learned through Swedish officials earlier this month that North Korea was looking to expel King, the US not providing any concessions to the North in exchange for King. I'm Charles Dilatesma. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in the red today and joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer with Crescent Capital based in Chicago. Jack, thanks for joining us today. It seems like you got a couple of trends going on here. One, it's just that September, the September blahs, which seem to show up every year, regardless of the circumstances in the markets. And uh, with the lack of uh, real news moving the needle one direction or the other. It just seems like uh, all investors can do right now is chew their fingernails and pour their money in the, into the bond market. Yeah, and even there, um, it's really not a winning formula, unfortunately, Rob. The uh, If you look at uh, a trend that really started probably right at the beginning of August, we had a steady rise in oil prices. So oil, actually from July, has gone from 70 to over $90 a barrel. And, of course, that's taken, <clears throat> taken pump prices with it. Uh, we've had a steady increase in interest rates. Uh, the 10-year Treasury yield has gone uh, from about 430 to 450 uh, and that 450 is the first time it's, it's breached that level in something like 17 years. Um, 
You've got, of course, a uh, strikes, a massive strikes. So we've lost already roughly 4,000 workdays, if you will, uh, from work stoppages, and that's the highest we've seen uh, that number go in over 20 years. Um, you know, and then we've got a, a debt ceiling and a, and a government shutdown that we have to grapple with. So. Besides that, I think, uh, you know, investors are uh, have uh, smooth sailing. Yeah, everything's hunky-dory besides all those big things you were talking about there. On the subject of interest rates, and I think this is where the, the bond market discussion and where the 10-year yield is and uh, – it, it, it kind of ties into the larger uh, debate over restrictive Fed policy because the federal fund r- funds rate is about 5% and change right now. Everything else is the bond market. That impacts how much you pay for a mortgage. That impacts how much you pay for a car loan. That impacts uh, if you got a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, uh, the amount of uh, you're paying per month in interest. And that is considerably more restricted than what the Fed's get given dealing with right now. That's it. I mean, we're starting to feel effects all over the place. And keep in mind, um, yes, the the housing market is certainly impacted, but we also have to note that most homeowners, thankfully, have fixed-rate mortgages and that the effective mortgage rates of mortgages outstanding are still below 4%. Um, So for that reason, uh, existing homeowners will likely have no incentive to move, um, certainly no financial incentive to move, uh, and home buyers uh, are balking at uh, the prices that that the would-be sellers uh, are asking for. So uh, we're seeing uh, the housing activity slow pretty dramatically as a result of that. It seems like if if you're the Fed and you're trying to engineer this soft landing, it's almost like you're a tightrope walker, and maybe there's a breeze going in one direction then maybe you lose your balance. There's a little bit of a wobble going in the other direction and everything is still okay. It seems like you're you're on course. And then just a couple of things happen all at once and you fall over. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is a, certainly not an exact science. This has to be pretty much an art uh, and a, a fair amount of luck because, you know, okay, you know, we've got, a, um, you know, strikes among many industries, some of which have been settled, uh, Teamsters and so forth, uh, Pierce, the, the writer's strike have been settled. But what does that really mean? Does that mean that we're going to see some inflation pressure? Uh, does it mean we're going to see lower corporate profits? We could potentially see layoffs. So even that, what you know, looking at that second order impact of the, this news is pretty cloudy right now. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer, Crescent Capital in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, building an early foundation for investing. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and this afternoon the focus is on helping teenagers learn about investing. Let's get some direction from Ed Jertson, Certified Financial Planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Find him online at Engage Wealth Group. Ed, thank you for joining us today. And I think this is a great segment for a lot of parents who drive around with their kids in the car and they have the radio station on. First off, thank you. Uh, Second, you you might find your your kids, well, they'll listen to the business report or maybe they listen to this show. Once again, thank you. Uh, And they have questions about just the principles of money and investing. You know, what, what does it mean when the Dow goes up? What does it mean when the Dow goes down? And I think this is a great opportunity to explore those questions and really get them interested in money beyond something they just hear in a segment on the radio. Excellent point, Rob. 
getting young people, getting youth, getting your teens interested in all things money and investing, it's almost like you can't start too early. So for, from a teen perspective, right, this is new. But if it's coming from a parent and dictating this is what you should do, it's one thing. But make it a family event. Make it a learning event, both for parents and for grandparents. I mean, we guide both of them on here are some good fundamental things to get teens started in investing. But again, Rob, start today. And it, it's the, the money conversations are just floating around. Like I said, it's it's on the radio. You hey, you hear your parents talking about it over the dinner table, and the conversation may go over your head. And then now with social media, uh, you do see financial topics or or stock market or investing topics that do come up on Instagram or on TikTok and places like that. And and this is a good place to a good opportunity to not only just learn about what it is they're talking about, but also to kind of push people away from some bad practices that may be out there. Exactly. So right now in the movie theaters, you've got the show Dumb Money, and it goes through this whole segment of Robin Hood and investing and penny stocks and all these other great things. What a great opportunity it would be, A, for the family to engage in, in watching something that's not only informational, but also entertaining. But number two, creates that bridge for conversations, because that's what we're looking at doing. We're looking at starting the conversation about investing, looking around the room, seeing which items the kids use that are could be publicly traded companies. And again, this could be a journey on both ends. Again, we don't want to be presumptive that the parents know everything and the kids don't, because this can be a learning opportunity for both. But again, starting with a small account, whether it's a Roth account or, or an UGMA or gifting account or a joint account, just starting putting some money in and starting to put that to work and learning together. Again, what a great opportunity, not only to build family bonds, but family wealth over time. Now, this was something I've heard a lot of parents do, and that is kids today, it it, it shocks me the degree to which they know about media ownership and intellectual property and and what movie franchises belong to what studio and, and, and how you can measure their success. So if you do have a a child who's into Star Wars or maybe into Marvel Comics, and then you say, look, you know, they're both Walt Disney properties. Let's start investing in the Disney company. And then you can find out, you know, what makes the stock valuable, how you can evaluate that, and then move on from there. My very first investment experience, Rob, was with Disney Company and learning about Roger Rabbit. And that was a painful lesson because I lost money. And again, from a practical standpoint, you learn and you grow. So again, like you're outlining in terms of, you know, Disney or some other company, what a great way to explore because, again, just looking around the room, looking around data, data there's so many publicly traded companies which can spark an interest into those young investors and really grab them on, where again, it's not a parent pontificating to a child. Child, but that joint communication about this is capitalism and this is how capitalism works. To your point, what a great way to sort of round that conversation about all the things that we engage with on a day-to-day basis. And again, with that longer-term vision of building wealth. Ed Jertson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Find him online at engagewealthgroup.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come. Corporate America was watching that Bears-Chiefs game on Sunday. Kraft Heinz now looking to cash in on the Swift Kelsey Hoopla. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Chicago headquartered Kraft Heinz is
is getting in on the fever pitch excitement of the possible romance between pop icon Taylor Swift and football star Travis Kelsey. We welcome in Phil Lempert, founder of SupermarketGuru.com, based in Chicago. Phil, thank you for joining us today, and I want to address anyone's complaints before we go into the segment because you go, oh, geez, Taylor Swift again? And I say yes on the Noon Business Hour because she is just an economic juggernaut to the degree where the Federal Reserve had to make a note about the impact of her concert tour in a recent report. So this is very much a big deal, not only culturally, but from a business perspective, Phil, and that includes Chicago's very own Kraft Heinz. Rob, you're a thousand percent correct. And in fact, if you look at her tour, her Eras tour, it's bringing in about $2.2 billion just here in North America. But when we look at this Heinz uh, stretch, if you would, this marketing stretch, where what they're doing is they're only producing 100 bottles of what they call ketchup and seemingly ranch sauce. The reason is um, that during the game, um, she had chicken tenders with ketchup and seemingly ranch uh, dressing. Um, When they first posted on their Instagram account yesterday, it had a little over 5,000 likes. Not a lot. Um, And then today, um, when they posted the actual label on it, it only has about 1,400 likes on it. The label does not say anything about Taylor Swift um, or Travis on it. It's really... To be honest with you, a really boring-looking label. But the idea is that they hope to get a big PR push because what they're going to do is they're going to have a contest where you can win one of 100 bottles of this special ketchup and seemingly ranch sauce. Now, the problem is this isn't new. Heinz has already been selling what they call Cranch um, since 2019, which is basically the same thing. Um, This is a new label. I think it's a cheap shot. I don't think it's going to work if we take a look at what's gone on in Instagram. And unless they can put Taylor and Travis's picture on the label... This is, you know, a mistake. In some ways, though, but it's 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 a tale as old as time where corporate America wants to cash in on some uh, cultural phenomenon. And this goes back 60 years ago, back yep. to back to Beetle Boots uh, in, in 1964. Uh, Johnny Carson uh, moved suits in the 70s. And of course, Madonna uh, changed the face of fashion in the 80s. So this is nothing new. The only thing that's different is the, the level of detail like it it was it was a very sharp-eyed person looking at a plate inside a picture from that skybox at arrowhead stadium uh and and an obsessive fan trying to determine what was on that plate that led us here exactly um and i think today uh certainly with taylor swift you know we're searching for anything that we can get um she's really become an icon um and you know her tour is proving that all the celebrities they go to her concerts um so everybody wants a little piece of taylor swift uh but unfortunately i think that you know getting one of these 100 bottles of ketchup and seemingly ranch isn't the way to go what Heinz should do they got plenty of money try to to make a deal with Taylor, whether it's for a TV commercial or putting her face on the label, and then it could be something that's really worthwhile and, and hits the roof. 
Well, I mean, it's a better name than Cranch, if you ask me. Cranch sounds yeah. like something you say when you step on a Lego. Phil Lempert, founder of SupermarketGuru.com in Los Angeles. Thank you for joining us today. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.